Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. How are you road to growth listeners? Uh, today, I have Johanna Hunt. Uh, she is a social media expert. So if, if you're a business, you probably need to get away from the yellow pages and get onto social media if you haven't already. And Johanna Hunt is the person for you. I mean, on this, on this podcast, we really focus on the individual's journey. I think people listening though, that are working on their own journey of social media and things like that. Uh, this could be helpful to hear where she's coming from and maybe the nuggets that she's kind of uh, overcame, but walk us through Johanna kind of, uh, kind of what you do and who you are. Yeah, thank you for having me. First of all, I love seeing that intro too with San Diego in the background. <laughs> it's been like a lifetime since I lived there, but I was spending a lot of time there before, you know, the planes have been grounded. <laughs> um, yeah, so I came in, I come from an entrepreneurial background. I had a business in the event marketing industry for about 15 years and I worked contract to contract. I grew up, um, I was born in Austria and I grew up in California. So my mom and dad and I would travel back and forth quite a bit and all of my family are business owners, but they really have more of like a self-employed business background. And so I watched them make a lot of sacrifices, trading time for money, um, you know, saving up for these trips and then having to take time off and then having to rebuild their client bases and just this constant on and off in their business. And so, you know, when I got into the entrepreneurial world, I started reading a lot of books about cash flow quadrant and books about passive income, residual income. And so network marketing came across my desk a few different times at different networking events. And I was really intrigued by this like turnkey system business model. Um, but it wasn't, I, I left the event industry to be a mom, to be a stay at home mom. And so that was kind of what pushed me into doing something different, kind of out of my comfort zone and got me into direct sales, but I wasn't really a fan of the way direct sales was being um, promoted to me, like as this e-commerce business, but nobody was building it online. <laughs> it was all this, you know, belly to belly, um, old school, traditional marketing. And I went to school for marketing and I'm like, I need to, I need to figure this out because I had a background in branding, helping um, brands through experiences and event marketing. And so I went online looking for ways to just promote myself and to build my business around promoting myself as the front end offer. And that's when I started to really expand my knowledge of affiliate marketing and digital marketing and um, attraction marketing and these different methods and email marketing and all these really cool things people were doing. And it just opened my world to, wow, like talk about being able to step away from your business work from anywhere, have time freedom, have financial security, not have a business that completely runs your life. And I'm big on my, my slogan is work smart and play hard. I love to ski. I love to mountain bike. I'm a single mom. I've got two kids. The last thing I want to be doing is being chained to my desk. Right. But I also love what I do. So how can I get my message out to more people? How can I help more people create that similar lifestyle, whatever their business is, and not be chained to a business? So that's, really what my brand's all about. So you said you were born in Austria? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is your, is your family first generation uh, American? Yes. So my dad's American, my parents live in California, in Northern California. Okay. 
Okay. Mom's Austrian and then all of her family's Austrian. So we're kind of all spread out and I'm in Canada. Okay. I'm the only one, I'm in Vancouver. <laughs> and when did you move from uh, Austria to the US? I was about five. Okay. Yeah. Do you, and I, I, I and probably it's not firsthand, it's probably more so, I guess, visits back then or seeing your mom. Is there a, a different way that Austrians look at work life compared to Americans or at least Canadians, I guess now? You know, they, Austrians are really good at doing things one way <laughs> and they've been doing it that way forever. But you know what, the thing I noticed about living over there, we went back 2017 to 2019, I was living over there. And the thing I noticed as an entrepreneur, like the train systems, the ski systems, the restaurant businesses, like everything has been exactly the same my entire life. And I turned 40 this year and going back and forth, but it's systems and, and they don't have a lot of like time freedom and leverage. They basically work around seasons. So they work like farmers in their entrepreneurship. Right. And they pass it down generation to generation and it's grilled in you from, you know, my kids went to school there and it was like, you know, the ski industry is really, really important that the service industry. And so they kind of start to bring your children into that and almost train their brain to grow up, to become, um, you know, part of that community and live that lifestyle. And so they work really hard from about mid November to April through the season, you know, some of them seven days a week, not having time for holidays or anything like that. But then they will take that money and they'll reinvest it in their business. And then they'll go on holiday and they'll build up, you know, another room on their Airbnb or an extension to their restaurant. And they're always reinvesting their money back in. So it's interesting to see. But the, the thing I love too is even though they work seven days a week, they always take time off in the middle of the day to rest. And th there's not this feeling of like hustle bustle, always being busy. There's this downtime. And so coming back to North America in 2019, I've implemented that into my business, meditation, naps, walks, taking days off to go skiing, um, really getting more life balance. So yeah, I observed a lot of different things about kind of just the way they integrate their work into their life. So taking away two things. So you said that at a young age, they start training the children to kind of fall in the parents' footsteps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they go into ski club. They have a lot of um, like events with the Catholic church. They um, like, they do a lot of events where they kind of involve the parents and the kids, but they have programs even for skiing. So, you know, they make it really accessible for your children to sort of develop those skills because they want to bring them into that, into that ski world. So for instance, all of the shops, if you're a local family, you just take your kids to the local shop um, in November and they only charge you a Euro 10 per centimeter and they fit your kids out for brand new skis, boots, poles. Like they make it super accessible for you to be part of that lifestyle. So it's, it's the lifestyle. And also, I guess what you, I mean, I guess your lifestyle, if you're working seven days a week is also what you're doing for, for work purposes. Yeah. Uh, now, if, if the children are kind of following the footsteps, do you know what the success rate is for second generation, third generation? I had someone on here uh, probably hmm. a couple weeks ago and they had a, I mean, the United States, it's like 30% success rate. It's fairly low for second hmm. generation. I'm curious because they train them at such a young age, if it's uh, ingrained in them, there's more of a passion for it. Cause that seemed like one of the common denominators is really having a passion for uh, what you do for the second generation. You know, it's funny, like, 
I mean, for me, I'm a total rebel. So I just didn't want to do what like my whole family was doing. <laughs> like I've got my own thing that I, my own drum that I beat to. Uh, and my kids are very much the same way. You know, that if you ask my uh, my daughter about how her experience was in Austria, she's like, oh, I loved it, but they're so bossy. <laughs> That's my nine-year-old. And she had, a, we had a hard time like doing this whole cookie cutter thing. And I have a huge respect for it. I really, I like it. Uh, but I'm surprised more people don't sort of rebel against it, you know? And it seems like maybe it's because it's a small village and it's a way of life. And if you don't know different, you just don't know different. So that's what you do. You don't know that there's something outside of it. Like, you know, Facebook isn't a big thing. Social media isn't big there. What's, we were more on WhatsApp. We had little yoga communities. There wasn't like a yoga studio. It was a, a WhatsApp group. And then, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday, somebody would drop a message and be like, let's go do yoga on so-and-so's deck. <laughs> so, you know, I appreciate that lifestyle in a sense because I feel like in North America, it's so busy. It's, it's all about like more, more, more. And I like that simplicity. Like I felt very in a flow when I was there, but it was also a little bit too slow paced for me. So, but I think because they, they're practicing it, like to answer your question, because they're just, that's what they know and they practice it and they do it repetitively. Like, you know, we, we all know to be an expert at anything, it's said 10,000 hours, right? And the thing I noticed too, that I really admired is that, um, whatever I was doing, people really take pride in their work. Like I remember driving, uh, hopping on a ski bus and like this huge storm. And this guy just, I, I can see the driver. Like he just seemed so like, he felt so proud of what he does and so powerful in how he was navigating through this storm, you know, and they, they greet you. They take their business very professionally, very seriously. And I love that because I find in North America, you have people who they do it because it's a job, but they don't love it. And they don't take, they don't necessarily take pride in it, you know? And there, it doesn't matter what their role is. There's a real pride about, about what they do. And I, I really like that. Well, for, for yourself, you've been able to build your business, your marketing business, because it allows you to live the life that you want to live, right? Yeah. Now, being that you kind of had a separate of, I guess, almost your comfort zone because your parents, even though they had an entrepreneur mindset, they weren't technically entrepreneurs, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So my dad's in real estate and okay. my mom is a hairstylist. Okay. So, I mean, yes, it is entrepreneurial, but it is also service-based, right? And it depends on the direction you take your business, but yeah. they really kept it more of being um, self-employed. They didn't expand into, you know, developing a business. Uh, okay. For instance, like I think of, you know, hairstylists are owning the salon, yeah. a realtor or owning the real estate business, right? Or, you know, as a realtor, a lot of people now are developing multiple streams of income with real estate, coaching real estate, things like that. Yeah. So yeah, they were service-based, um, client-based. And when they stepped away from their business, there wasn't an income coming in. So really hard to take their their finger off the pulse. They, they didn't build something bigger than themselves. If they, if they stop working, basically no income comes through. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that can be different. I actually had someone on one of my very first podcasts with uh, a hair salon person and their whole model was actually, you had three tiers to the hairstylist. Okay. The first tier was the new person. And if you got a haircut from them, 
it'd be this cost. If it was, they would actually make less money though on that one. The next one was higher cost if you use them and they would get more money. The third one was the highest cost and make more money. But during the third tier, if you made it to the third tier as a hair salon expert, you would actually, they would set you up with an accountant so you can build your own business under their brand. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. why not empower people to take a bigger step into something? Like yeah. that's the thing I love about network marketing. A lot of people ask me, they're like, well, why don't you sell Ferraris? You're great at sales or why aren't you in real estate? Or it, all of those things are great. And I think I'd be great at them. Yeah. For me, what I love about like network marketing, affiliate marketing is being able to bring somebody in who has zero background in business or hasn't gone to school or doesn't have a lot of resources, which is where I was at when I started. And to be able to empower them with the tools to move up. And my goal with, with teaching somebody network marketing is not to stop at network marketing, but to develop a brand where you can then develop other streams of income. You can go into affiliate marketing, you can create courses, you can become a coach, you can run an Airbnb on the side, or, you know, like it's not about a lot of direct sales network marketing. They're like, oh, you have to do this one thing. <laughs> you got to focus on this and promote us. And I mean, for me, I started out that way in network marketing. And then I moved into, you know, I ran our family Airbnb in Europe. I've got four apartments there. Um, and then I expanded into affiliate and then I built my own course. I built a few mini courses, tested it out, and I'm moving into a little bit of coaching. And just because it's been a request, it's been a need that people have. And I love having that flexibility to kind of be inspired to take my business in any direction. And, you know, to think of, my brand is the same. I'm never going to offer something that's completely different, but why not have multiple offers that are really congruent? So you have different things that serve different people's needs. It's the same audience, but you know, maybe somebody has more money to invest. Maybe somebody doesn't have as much to invest. So why not offer them a lower price point um, rather than leave them hanging? What's your, what's your process of building new courses, building new, I guess, offers uh, for clientele? I mean, that, I mean, pricing of what's, what you can charge from clientele to one clientele is, can be very difficult. I've talked to a lot of different coaches, business owners, and then trying to define what their price is for their product is kind of a, a difficult balance. And, and you're talking about that you have multiple different offers that you put out there. Mm -hmm. How do you, what's your, um, What's your way of putting those together? Those different offers? Yeah, it's interesting. Pricing has never been my forte. So because I know a lot of different coaches and entrepreneurs and I've been on podcasts and I love to collaborate and network with other entrepreneurs. So I have kind of like my strategic alliances, so to speak, where we just it's open. It, it's open for us to talk amongst one another and say what's working and what's not. So that's typically what I do now. Um, but before I had that sort of network, I would just kind of research what is what people are offering in the industry and kind of look at like, who are my competitors? Um, what are they offering? What's their sort of price points? And then strategically place myself based on my level of experience, the level of value that I'm offering. And then I test it, you know? So, I mean, I've created stuff everywhere from like $7 to $2.97 to like $14.97. Um, and I try to kind of have different price points. One, I want people to have different opportunities, regardless of how much finances they have or resources they have to invest. But at the same time, I want to work people up a scale, right? So I start with my free offer, which leads into my tripwire, which leads into my next offer, my next offer, all through my email systems. 
Um, and the opportunity to work with me like as an affiliate and, you know, coach for free, basically, uh, with sweat equity, as I call it. <laughs> um, but I, I just test things, you know, I've put offers out where I've put it out for $27 as like a mini upsell. And then I'll tweak the different things about it, like the copy or, you know, the offer itself. And if it's not selling, I'll bring it down to $11 and see if it's the price point that's the difference. Um, so it's a lot of testing. How do you, how do you define a product not selling, maybe not giving enough time on the market? I mean, how, how, how do you define that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, because I'm really consistent with my marketing. So I know that being consistent with my marketing, I know how much my email list is growing and then I can see how many people are joining my list and how many people are taking action on certain products and how many people aren't. So, you know, something I've actually started doing recently because I've been growing my Facebook group and growing more of like a really intimate community of people. I've started putting things out for free. Like I ran a five day attraction marketing challenge and I put it out for free and I promoted it for about 10 days because you want to have like a little sense of urgency. You don't want to put it too far. You want people to take action. And so I developed the course and it was so good. I'm like, I need to package this. Like I had just so much feedback. I had great testimonials. People were getting results in those five days. And so I decided to package it and, you know, I set it up, sent it out. And like within the first day I had sales on it. So that's something that I've just started doing is allowing my community to kind of tell me what they need because I'm developing more of that like trust and well, it's not that it's more of the communication. I've had the trust, but it's developing more of a conversation inside of Facebook groups where people feel comfortable to speak up and have more intimate conversations and ask more questions. And that's a, you know, killing lots of birds with one stone. You've got content, you've got engagement, you're building community, you're giving people what they need, what they want. And so, and if they're testing it and giving you great feedback, you know, other people are going to need that too. So, I, I've got a bit of a plan to sort of, um, I've got different challenges that I'd like to roll out each month, helps build up my Facebook group. People get to have it for free and then it goes into a package. What do you think from the point that you are now to starting your business has been like one of the most difficult things to, to accomplish or something you wish you maybe learned more from or learned at earlier? Yeah, probably life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I started my business online when I had a two month old baby. I didn't have family around. We were struggling financially, like we were facing possible bankruptcy. Um, you know, my ex-husband was working six days a week. Like we both had health issues. It was really challenging. Um, there was a lot of me. My, my kid didn't nap ever. She wouldn't. I had to like wriggle out of my my robe in bed <laughs> to kind of escape her. She's still like that. She's nine and she still loves to cuddle. Um, so yeah, I built my business around being a mom and, you know, watching YouTube videos at, at, when she was napping for 20 minutes, um, listening to podcasts uh, in the car. Like I was doing a home business or I had the home business model too. Right. So I, I wasn't online yet. I was trying to learn the online stuff, but I was also, traveling three hours to go to a trade show or doing home parties nights and weekends and then learning this stuff in between and trying to transfer those skills because I needed the money. So, you know, it was, it's challenging when you, you have low resources for time and money 
you have a vision that nobody else can see but you. <laughs> you don't have a lot of support around. And so you just, you know, you have to make it work. You know, you just have to do whatever it takes. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, I didn't think, see them as sacrifices. I saw them as investments, but that's how a lot of people see it. And I think most people, the reason they don't have success is because they're not willing to do whatever it takes in order to create that, right? And to figure it out. So I would say that, and you know, as life progressed, like we, we had other challenges and we moved and we separated and divorced and I moved back to Canada. And I mean, there was a lot of good stuff. Like my kids and I traveled three months around Europe through seven countries and, you know, but the thing I, I've realized is like your, your business just doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> your goals don't care about your feelings. And so it's one of those things you just have to pull your big girl pants up and, and not take things personally. And yeah. I think one of the, the the things that have been very beneficial to most entrepreneurs has really been that strong support system, be it a Facebook group, be it a company mm. in the same field. When you were going through that, I guess, close to bankruptcy with your two-month-old uh, and your husband, I mean, was he your rock? Did you have other uh, support or, around you? Who were you talking to? Like, I mean, who were you bouncing ideas off of? What was going on there? You know, it's interesting. Like I didn't have that. I had about 200 Facebook friends when I started and none of them were entrepreneurs. Um, you know, like I came from ski, the ski world, ski bum world. Um, lots of friends who love to travel, lots of friends who, you know, were smart and talented, but they didn't really understand what it was I was doing. And so, you know, and I had kind of like the mom friend group and they weren't really doing that thing either. Most of them were stay at home moms and they had maternity leave and things like that. So it was challenging. And I, I used to actually go to like Vancouver Board of Trade events and meetups and things like that. Like I sought out business communities so I could get in a circle of people. But even a lot of the people I was meeting, they were still doing more of the offline thing. And I was looking for the online thing. And so I started to like, you know, because I was looking at these YouTube videos and checking out different, like kind of looking for people in my industry who were doing what I wanted to do and seeking out mentorship in that way. And then watching a lot of videos to kind of build up a bit of a trust. And I never thought I would go online and invest money or time with people that I'd never met. <laughs> um, but I watched their videos, I subscribed to their emails, you know, I got on their lives. And when I would have a little bit of money to invest, I'd invest in like a mini course or something like that. It's funny, actually, because um, one of the girls I work directly with in my network marketing company was one of the first people I invested with. And I bought her blog course. And like seven years later, we ended up in the same company and with another woman and my personal mentor. And I'd invested in all of their products. And then an opportunity came up and we all ended up working together. So I only met all three of them, like maybe a year and a half ago in LA, we went down to a meeting, but I've been working with them for years. So, you know, I just, I had to, I think you have to be resourceful because a lot of people, I mean, you probably meet a lot of people have the same story. Like most of us, we don't grow up with these skills. Not all of us grow up with parents that we can model, you know, the way they handle their finances, the way they handle their marriage, the, their business, things like that. And so you can use it as an excuse or you can go out and find the people who have the life you want, have the business you want, and then model that. Well, one of the, I mean, I was, uh, I had an artist on from LA 
And one of the things he brought up was the idea that he's from the East Coast. And every time he goes back to that community, the people that he grew up with, he doesn't get the same level of support uh, that he gets from the people that he surrounds himself with now. And he feels that sometimes it's it's not necessarily that they dislike him. It's just that, hey, you're reminding me that you got out of this this place that I'm at and I never did. And so you're kind 100%. of- 100%. You know, so we, we, yeah. we reflect and mirror our own emotions and project them onto other people. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, oftentimes those people who can't support you, it's because really like you're challenging their belief systems. Yeah. You're challenging everything that they know about their lives and the, the, the whole, yeah, the whole paradigm of what they've built their life on. And that's very uncomfortable. And I see a lot of people, you know, in our industry, they, they do it really poorly. Like I like to challenge people's belief systems from a place of love and a place of curiosity and asking questions and sharing, like really sharing parts of my journey. And so that I'm a human first and they can relate with me and, and not feel like there's a divide between, well, I, I figured it out, so I'm better than you, <laughs> you know? And you do see a lot of that. You see those people who like, oh, I think it's, what is it? Um, a lot of network marketers love to post this thing, like, you know, staying in your J-O-B just over broke. I'm like, yeah, good. Insult somebody on what they love to do. That's a great way to build a relationship. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting you, you say something like that because it's um, when you're in the field that you're in and people listening right now are in a certain field and you look at it, you go, OK, there's so many uh, network marketers or there's so many X, Y and Z. There's so many. I mean, chiropractor, whatever, whatever field you're in, you see that and you start seeing the, the little nuggets that people are constantly doing because they're all on your feed, they're all in your circle. Yeah. And and to the outside, sometimes I don't think the other people see those little nuggets that you're you're kind of relaying. You it's see true. It. It's true. You do because you see it repetitively, right? And yeah. but yeah, there is, I mean, there's different ways, you know, there's modesty, there's arrogance, there's lots of different ways to position yourself. And and some people can pull it off, right? You've got you've got like Gary Vee, he can pull off arrogancy and get away with it. <laughs> well, there's always I mean, you could there's always going to be a niche market for whoever out there. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, I mean, there's some people in my profession that have a lot of flash and maybe not more sizzle than actual like steak kind of thing. Yes. Yet um there's people that love that and want to be part of that kind of that circle for yeah. me it's not my cup of tea and i would never try to portray myself in that direction yeah but it's it's just there's there's always going to be someone that's going to want what you're selling if you speak loud enough i guess it's true you know i i'm a big fan of seth godden and his approach to marketing and he says you know when you have when you have like a niched market and a niched message you're consistent with your messaging and you, you know, you show up and you're serving and you're a value, like, and you're a little bit, you know, there's a bit of polarity too. Like you challenge people, but you do it in the right way. Like the more targeted your message is, the more you're going to find your people. And then yeah. those people are going to share with their people. And wouldn't you rather have that than, you know, trying to reach a broad audience or like, I don't, I'm not sizzle and flash in network marketing. Like I don't do this for money. I do this for freedom and I'm lifestyle driven. And there's a big difference. And a lot of network marketers, you know, they love to flash their, or even affiliate marketers, they love to flash their Ferraris and, and all these other things. And for me, that that's not where my lifestyle's at. So I attract very different people to my business 
than those people. And I don't blast network marketing. I blast personal branding, lifestyle, personal development, you know, high performance, social media skills, things like that. That's how I position it. And I like multiple offers. Like I like to attract entrepreneurs who are like me. They want a lifestyle. They want to come from a more modest approach. They want to educate and inspire people. And so the more I'm clear on my message and my, 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 my content is really consistent and congruent with that, I'm going to keep attracting those people. And that's why I'm such a fan of personal branding and really putting yourself out there, like not just your business life, but also your personal life. Like what are your beliefs? What are your perspectives? Well, and I think um, the idea from coming from abundance and scarcity, right, is when you're first starting whatever field you're in, right, you want any kind of client you can get. But once you, and so if you say, if I post this, if I put that out there, I might offend one person or I might sway one person away from using me. Yeah. I don't want to do that because I want to make sure that I can get that person. But once you come from that idea that I can switch over from scarcity to abundance and say, hey, this is who I am, like it or don't like it, that's an empowering thing for any entrepreneur, any business owner out there. Yeah, you have to come from a place of abundance. Like, you know, the thing I love about my mentor too is, I use those words a lot in my dialogue and he's the kind of person he will interview other leaders and network marketers and he'll have them come in and train our team. A lot of people in network marketing have a scarcity mindset. Their mindset is I'm not going to let this leader in front of my audience. They're going to take my people. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in I mean, every industry has cutthroat, right? And when when you come from that abundance though knowing that there's enough pie to go around you'll find your people there's new people being born every day new people turning 18 every day there is no saturated market like i just don't believe in that i don't believe in this like this is now you've got to do this now ground floor type of thing you know you can start now and i think that intimidates a lot of people too with social media they think to themselves well so many people in my industry and they're on social media and they're already doing this yeah but they're not you so they don't think the way you do. They don't deliver the message the way you do. They don't have the same story that you do. So people aren't going to relate to everybody. And, and that's why I really like promote bringing in a bit of that personality, that personal aspect and not just being all business because that's really what differentiates you. Right. And I mean, if you were at a networking event, you wouldn't just be talking business. You'd also be talking fun and you'd be, you know, doing life and you'd be finding people who you want to be around with who have the same energy so you got to bring that into the online world too and the stuff that you you put out there i mean you never know who's looking at it and some people might not like it or comment on it or anything like that but later a week two months whatever might be down the road go hey i saw that piece you put out there and i just thought that was a great piece it's true yeah. it's true you know you'd be surprised how many happy birthday messages i send where people will come back and say, you know what, I love all your videos. And I had no idea they were watching my videos. <laughs> it's, it's a kind of a nice little pat on the back. I, I love it when those happen. What, yeah. how did you find out the right mentor? I know there's a lot of coaches, a lot of mentors out there and mm -hmm. kind of weeding through who's right for you is I think a difficult decision for, for most people. Yeah. Right? So how did you know that you found the right person? Well, I mean, you never know for sure. Um, but I had a list of what I wanted. I think, I'm, you know, business is a lot like dating because it's a relationship business, right? Like, you know what you're looking for and you know the type of person you are and just finding that alignment. And so I had a list of wanting to, you know, somebody who had the lifestyle that I had, somebody who had done the work, you know, who wasn't trying to blow, you know, smoke and mirrors 
but was really like, I love that honest approach that, you know, this industry is awesome, but it also has a lot of, a lot of things that aren't awesome about it. And to be able to address those things with clarity and humor and kind of put it out there and look at like, how can we improve it? I love that. Um, and then I was looking for somebody, you know, who was adaptable and entrepreneurial in the sense of, okay, if this business was to shut down or social media was to change or something happened to Facebook, I want to know that I'm partnering up with people who will be able to adapt if things are, are challenging. And we've, we've been through that, right? We adapted, we had 300% growth in 2020 when a lot of businesses were struggling. We adapted, we looked at the needs of our customers, the needs of our social marketers, and we implemented the changes to, to continue to have growth. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's alignment with, you know, products, the way you want to work, like systems is really important to me. So I looked at different leaders and, and what kind of systems they had and the way I wanted to build my business. Cause I don't want to be glued to social media. Um, I want people who believe in technology and leverage, but they're still very hands-on in the relationship building and, you know, person being personal, things like that. And then people who are fun, people who have a good sense of humor, um, you know, vibe with their energy, that sort of thing. And, and you can pick that up pretty quickly. So, I mean, you know, there might be lots of other great mentors out there, but I think it comes down to timing too, right? When you're looking for it and you know what you want, and then those people just kind of present themselves in your lives. You just have to take the opportunity. And I've had, I've had a few mentors in the past that weren't the best matches for me. And I learned. I've also had boyfriends who weren't the best matches for me, and I learned. <laughs> Oh, I think you froze. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Wow, that was weird. All right. Uh, did this to this happened recently on an inter interview that we did on um, Facebook instead of a Facebook group. Yeah, that was that was definitely weird. That's never never happened. I was like, oh my gosh, did the internet go down here? But no, didn't I? I don't know. What no, happened. I think it's something with StreamYard. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to, to make a note if you're listening right now. Hopefully, you're not going to hear that space because I'm going to cut it. But for the people watching right now, welcome back. There we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were just talking about the, the idea of making that list. I think that that's the biggest takeaway for, for anyone and be in a relationship, being in uh, finding a, a mentor, whatever it might be is put that list down before you talk to the people or interview the people that you're thinking about getting in bed with being in business and being in a relationship, 100%. you know, and cause you can easily, I mean, people can sway you and you start looking at, okay, well, you know what they meet what I'm looking for. They kind of do. Well, I don't really need that number seven on a list or number eight on a list. But if you have that list and you kind of balance it against it, you can't sway a list. It's already written it down. It's so true. And I think it's important to reevaluate that list multiple times too, as you're going on, you know, yeah. say you're having challenges in your business or your relationship and, and go back to that list and go, okay, is this still what I want? You know, has this changed and, and write that list again and see if it still matches up because I think it's, you know, it's a bit naive to think that the business that you're in will always be the right fit for you, you know, yeah. as you grow and change. And I was with a company for six years and I knew I was unhappy and I knew my growth was stunted and I, I wasn't, I wasn't admired or appreciated for my skills. 
Uh, you know, I wanted to bring social media into that world and I wanted to help people build their business that way. And even when I did, the people who wanted it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was frowned upon. I was met with a lot of resistance. And so I had to accept, okay, I've gr outgrown this space that I'm in. And how do I bring this to the people that I serve now? Because I don't want to look like I'm a quitter or a failure or like, you know, I've been preaching this one thing for six years and now I'm making a change. What are people going to think? But I had to come from it from a place of, look, you know, it, it's time for me to make a change and here's why. And this doesn't align with how I want to show up anymore. This doesn't align with the lifestyle I want to create. This doesn't align with how I want to help people. And here's what I found now. And this is what I was looking for. Here's what I found. And I'm excited to share this with you because it aligns in these ways. And, you know, if you want to continue on with the last company, that's fine. And if you want to take a look at what I'm doing now and continue to work with me, you know, that's great too. And I, I just moved people in a different direction and the people who wanted to come came, some came later. Um, but I didn't, you know, you take people on that journey and it is, it's really important. You have to know what you're looking for. And then you also have to be that person. You know, so many people, they, they they write their list of the perfect person, the perfect prospect, the perfect leader, and then they're not being that person and they wonder why they're not attracting it to them. What, besides building a list, let's say someone's in high school, someone's in college and they're trying to figure out who they are, what they're looking to accomplish. What kind of advice do you think you'd give to, to that person right now? Oh, well, if there wasn't restrictions, I'd say go travel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sit at home and try to figure it out. You know, don't be afraid to try a couple of different things and, and mess it up. One of my one of my good friends, Pat Seagro, he's a high ticket coach. And he goes, you know what I love about you, Johanna? He goes, I love that you're willing to try stuff and you're never afraid to break shit. Like you just will, you know, you put stuff out there, you put offers out there. You try different systems and I know that nothing's going to be permanent. There's nothing you can really break, you know, and if you don't try it and, I, and I've always been that way. I mean, I left home. I went to school in San Diego for a year. I left San Diego. I went to Europe to be a ski bum. I did life in the mountains. I didn't have a plan for the summer. I met new people. They told me about yachting. So I went down to the south of France. I took a yachting course. I started working with some of the rich and famous people of the world worked in villas, like I, I was open to opportunities mm. and, and growth. And, you know, in that, like, I mean, I'm not transferring skills from yachting necessarily, but it taught me the power of networking. It opened my mind to how much money there is in the world and that I can have a piece of that pie. It opened my world to, I'm never going to get to this place having the job that I have or the lifestyle that I have right now, I'm going to have to do something different. So it expanded my horizons. I met great people who I still stay in touch with. Um, and then that, that's when I decided to come back to Canada and go to school. And I went to school for marketing. And again, I had a network and that's what built my business. And, you know, just one experience leads to the next. If you sit at home trying to figure out that one thing that's going to change your life, you're not going to find it. <laughs> you're going to yeah. get all inside your head. Be comfortable with with yes. I mean, when those opportunities arise, I mean, be comfortable with. I was listening to I think Warren Buffett the other day, and he was talking about that. He goes, I get opportunities all the time, and it's not like baseball for him. You know, it's not three strikes you're out. I get the opportunities, and when I find a good opportunity, I take it. 
it's not totally. science. You know? Totally. It, you know, again, great reference to dating, you know, until you find that thing, keep your options open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same in business. Like, I mean, I have a lot of opportunities come across too. And because I have that list, I know what I'm looking for. I know my brand, my messaging, where I want to take people. I'm not going to get distracted by shiny pennies, but when I see an opportunity that I think is going to help me help them expand my brand, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. If someone's looking to expand their brand, they're listening right now and they love your story uh, or looking to follow in your footsteps, is there, a, what's the best way of them reaching out to you, following you? Yeah. Uh, best thing to do would be to go over to my blog because that's what houses everything. It's easy because it's johannahunt.ca. And right on the front page there, you can pick up my free social media guide, join my Facebook group, um, you know, join the conversation. And there's a welcome video inside the Facebook group that gives you a lowdown of all the different, you know, things that I offer. Um, and then on my, on my blog too, there's work with me. There's different ways to work with me. There's ways to contact, shoot me a message, message in messenger, in Facebook, <laughs> send me a voice clip, <laughs> preferably though. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Johanna, for, for being on the podcast. Thank you for everyone listening. If you're listening live, then sorry about the little nug in the middle, but nothing's perfect. But we fought through and uh, we made it as best as possible. I think that's the put content out there, put stuff out there. Thank awesome. you for, yeah, for, for watching. Please subscribe, please share. And of course, Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.